Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Oh, praise God. Welcome to Wednesday night service, Wednesday night united. We're going to get into some good things from the Word of God. Uh, The Lord has uh, just been revealing these things to us and helping us grow uh, in the things of God. We want to continue tonight uh, from the book of Mark chapter 4, where we've been over the last few services. We began two Wednesdays ago on receiving maximum results from the Word, all right? Receiving maximum results from the Word. You know, the Bible says in, uh, uh, Peter wrote, and he said this, he made this statement. He said, uh, you know, that there was given unto us exceeding great and precious promises from the Word of God. And he said that through those promises, we could be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, here's my point in quoting that scripture to you, is that he says the promises are exceeding great and precious. They're exceeding great and precious. So we have those promises at our disposal. And we have to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a position to receive maximum results from the Word of God, all right? I, I don't want partial results. I, I don't want uh, minimal results. I want maximum results. Now, any result that you receive from the Word of God has the potential to change your life in some manner. But we can receive maximum results from the Word. Mark chapter 4 And verse 13 is where we'll begin. And Jesus said unto them, Do you not know this parable? Notice he says, How then will you know all parables? Verse 14, The sower sows the word. And so he says, one translation, the Berkeley translation says, If you don't understand this parable, the New English Bible said, Then how are you going to understand any parable? So Jesus states two things here. Number one, if you don't understand what he's saying here in Mark chapter 4, you'll have a hard time understanding anything he says because he's talking about the operating system of the kingdom in Mark chapter 4. And I went through uh, some things that, that he was dealing with uh, in these verses last Wednesday. Uh, he's dealing with the operation of the word, the enemies of the word, what causes the word to produce maximum results in your life, all right? The second thing he's saying is the context of this parable is the word, all right? Weymouth translation says, uh, what the sower sows is the word. So the context, the focus is not uh, rocks and uh, uh, thorns and trouble and the devil, The context is the Word, all right? The Word of God being sown, the enemies of the Word. Uh, What causes the Word not to work? Uh, Amen. 
and the, the results that we can expect from the word. Now, this is so important because uh, Satan obviously is the ultimate enemy of the word. But he requires our help in order to take the word. We talked about that in the last three uh, messages in this series. Satan can't just take the word. He requires our help. He requires our participation. All right? Uh, he can't just take it. It has to be yielded to him. And we're going to look at this a little in depth tonight. It has to be yielded. The word yielded means to give up the contest or to submit. All right? So the word cannot just be taken by the enemy. Uh, it has to be yielded to him. It has to be submitted to him. Now, you can go back on YouTube and back online and, and, and watch uh, last week's, last Wednesday, last Sunday, uh, and so on and so forth, where we dealt with this in depth. Oh, that The enemy can't just come and take the word, but if I leave the word in a vulnerable position, he can come and take it. The word has to be hidden in my heart. The word has to be placed within my spirit in order for me to maintain my grasp on it. So it's what I do with the word that determines whether or not I receive maximum results from the word. Mark chapter 4, verse 16, we'll look at the second type of ground tonight. These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Notice, and have no root in themselves, and so... When it says, and so, because they have no root in themselves, they endure but for a time. And notice, afterward, after they've received the word with gladness, all right, after that, afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended, all right? Now, I want you to see this. So they received the word with gladness. It was sown in their heart. Notice, these are they likewise that are sown on stony ground. All right, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't a mistake. The word was sown by someone on that ground on purpose. And it says this person received the word with gladness. Notice, they heard the word, and they received the word. After they have heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. All right? So this wasn't somebody that, that heard something and didn't know what they were hearing. They heard it, and they received it. All right? So this person, it says, immediately received the word with gladness immediately they received the word with gladness. That, that word immediately, you can imagine, it means as soon as. So as soon as they heard the word, they received it. And they received it with gladness. They received it joyfully. They received it with calm delight. All right? So this person was delighted with the word, and as soon as they heard it, they received it. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. That's the answer to my problem. That's the answer to my circumstance or my situation. Woo, glory to God, and they just received it with gladness, all right? But notice something. They received the word. They were delighted in the word, 
Now here you go. But they have not yet faced anything with the word. All right? You should be delighted at the word. Uh, it's one of the things I quote regularly from the book of Psalm 119. I rejoice over your word as one that has found great spoil or great treasure. All right? I'm, I'm, I am thrilled with the word of God every day of my life. But, but notice something. I am thrilled with the word of God in large part because I know what the word of God has brought me through. I know what I have faced and what the word of God has helped me come through. This person is delighted with the word. Greatest thing I ever heard. Life changing. But they have not yet faced anything with the word. All right. There has been no tribulation. There's been no persecution because of the word. All right. They've just heard it and they received it with gladness. Brother Hagin used to make this statement. He would say, do you want to know why I'm so settled? And then he would say, it's because of the things I've suffered. If you want to know why I'm so settled, it's because of the things I have suffered. Now, when he was talking about suffering, he wasn't talking about suffering the curse of the law or suffering from sickness or disease or something of that nature. He was talking about the pressure that comes from taking a stand on the word. All right? The pressure that comes <coughs> from taking a stand on the Word of God. This is so important. All right? Because notice, it says, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the Word's sake. It doesn't say if. It says when. All right? It, it can be something as simple as you get a hold of the Word of God and your family starts persecuting you because you're not like you used to be, right? They get mad at you because you're not like you used to be. It, it can be any number of things. Uh, you're, not, you're not missing church. You're not gossiping with them, whatever. And, and, and you're taking a stand on the Word of God that has made an indelible impact on your life, and they start putting pressure on you <clears throat> and persecuting you because of the Word of God. Amen. Well, you're suffering because of the Word. Amen. Now, that's not like a persecution for your faith in other countries, but nonetheless, it's a pressure that's put on you because of the Word. Well, the book of, of, of uh, 2 Peter says that uh, God will strengthen you and establish you, but it says this, after you've suffered a while. Well, you know, now, I read that prayer regularly and declare it over my life. Lord, thank you for establishing me, and thank you for strengthening me, and thank you for settling me. Amen. In, in spite of the things I've suffered, Lord, you, you have come through, and you've settled me, and you've established me. You cannot convince me that God will not continue his work in my life because I've already seen the word of God bring me out of too many things already happened i'm settled and so when i face a challenge i face a circumstance it doesn't move me because i know that the word not only always works i've seen it always work glory be to god amen do you see this so the word endure it says they endure for a while it means this it means they are or agree 
are, be, or were. They are, agree, are, be, or were. Here's what this means. They are, they agree, they were for a while. All right? They are or they be for a while. You fill in the blank. All right? Uh, uh, they, they were standing for this for a while. They were believing this for a while. They were strong on this for a while. We wouldn't use the word they be. All right? That's not very, very, very good uh, 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 English. But the point is, you understand, when we would say they be, they, they are this, and you could say they are this for a while. They endured for a while. For a while. See, it's not our choice. Uh, let me say this. It is our choice what type of soil we will be, and it's also our choice whether we endure or not. It's up to me. It's my choice what soil I will be, and it's my choice whether I endure or not. And I'll show you this. Look at verse 5 here in uh, Matthew 4 or Mark 4. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Notice there was no depth of earth. There was no staying power. All right, there was no staying power. Now, see, that's up to me. That's up to me. I saw this illustrated to me uh, very clearly this past summer. Lily and I planted some, some uh, seeds. And uh, we, we planted a certain uh, kind of seed. And I don't know what I was thinking. I, I didn't put nearly enough dirt in the container that we were using. And, uh, you know, I watched, uh, it's cucumbers, actually is what it was. And I watched the vine within a few days start sprouting. And, and I watched it grow, and we were watering it, and, and uh, uh, the, 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 grind, the, the vine was extending, and I even saw a couple yellow flowers on the vine. Well, the yellow flowers are the cucumber in baby form. But here's the point. I did not have enough dirt in that container for the plant to bring forth and produce completely. No depth of earth. No staying power. Amen. Remember I said a, a couple of uh, services ago that Jesus said the man, he would, he would tell you the, what the man was like that came to him and heard the word and did it. It said he's like a man that would build a house, watch, and he dug deep. He dug deep and built his house on the rock. Right? Because the only way you can get a foundation in the Word that will stand whatever persecution or tribulation comes your way is if you have dug deep and you have a depth of earth that your roots can hold on to. The other man, it says that he built his house on the ground, just on the surface. And the same storm, the same storm, the same tribulation, the same persecution... The same problems came against both houses. And it says it beat on the first house and it could not be moved. Could not be moved. 
It says the same storm beat on the second house and immediately it fell and great was the fall of it. So what's the difference? One dug deep and one didn't. One took the time to sink its roots down into the, into the soil and the other didn't. This is so important. Amen. Because this person did not take time to firmly establish themselves in the Word. All right? It takes time to develop a root structure. In other words, to get a strong plant, patience is required. Got to be patient. Amen. Patience. You know, the day after we planted those seeds, immediately my, at that time, uh, uh, five-year-old, Wanted to run out and see, do we have a plant yet? Well, not yet. And I had to explain to her, it'll be a few days before we see anything. And sure enough, it was. It was a few, day, few days before we saw the, the, the blade. And then we saw the blade for a few days. And then we saw the beginning of the ear. And my, my point is, is that plant was developing a root structure to sustain the fruit that was going to be on the vine. Amen. Every time you're putting yourself in the Word and you're putting the Word in you, you are developing a root structure for bigger and better fruit that's going to come up in your life. You can only sustain an amount, the amount of fruit that your root structure will help you sustain. Hallelujah. So every day that you're up and you're putting your roots down in the Word of God, and every day that you face something and you're declaring the Word of God, Father, I thank you, whatever it may be. I thank you that my body's healed, Father, according to Isaiah 53 and 5. I thank you that my needs are met according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. What are you doing? You're not just quoting the Word. You're not just declaring the Word. You're sinking those roots down into the soil of the Word of God. Your heart is getting stronger. Your spirit is getting stronger. Fruit bearing is occurring. And listen, no matter what comes, no matter what you face, no matter what you deal with, no matter what trouble, what persecution comes your way, you will stand fast because you've got the Word on the inside of you. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. That's a good place to tell your neighbor, the Word always works. It always works. The Word always works. Amen. Glory to God. It just takes time. Mark chapter 4, right there, verse 17. Notice, they have no root in themselves and endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the Word's sake immediately they are offended. Now, this word affliction, it means pressing or trouble. Pressure or trouble. This is one of the main uh, thoughts that Pastor Michelle dealt with in her very first book, Pressure No Problem. All right? Is that the word uh, affliction means pressure. It means to be pressed on. Amen. The word persecute means to put to flight or drive away. To put to flight or drive away. So we see that this pressure or this trouble comes to drive us away from the word. That's the purpose of the pressure, the tribulation, the trouble is to drive you away from the word. 
One translation says that this pressing, this pressure, this trouble comes on account of the word. So this is telling us more than just the devil is coming after the word. All right? It's telling us that we're, we have a responsibility to be patient where the word is concerned and allow it time to develop a strength in our lives. Amen? It's telling us I have that responsibility. The word says when the affliction or persecution came after the word, immediately that person was offended. Now notice this. If you read verse uh, uh, 15, or verse, excuse me, 16, when they heard the word, immediately they received it with gladness. Woo, greatest thing I ever heard. Oh my goodness, life changing. I received that in Jesus' name. Uh, Verse 17, affliction or persecution arose for the word's sake. Immediately, they're offended. So immediately they received it. Immediately they're offended. You know, immediately means immediately. It means as soon as. And so as soon as they heard the word, they received it with gladness. As soon as they faced persecution or trouble, or pressure because of the word, immediately, as soon as that came up, they were offended. Amen. Now see this, understand why this is in the Bible. He's saying, he's showing us the enemies of the word. And there are people you know and I know that this has been their response to the word. As soon as they heard it, whoo, glory to God, life-changing. Greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Then they faced pressure, trouble because of the word. Ah, it don't work. The word don't work. See, immediately they're offended. Now, Now, here's one reason why. They did not employ the fruit of patience. Amen. Now, There are people that see the victory in the Word. They see what the Word can produce, but they're not prepared to stand when they face a hard situation and they abandon the Word. They are offended. Now see, very often when we think of offense and being offended, we think of somebody doing us wrong, somebody uh, treating us badly, all right? And offense is the result. Well, take that word offense and apply it to this situation. So this person got offended at the word. They thought the word didn't do what it was supposed to do. They thought the word let them down. This this word offended, it's the word scandalizo, scandalizo. And it's where we get our word scandalize, scandalize. It, it, it comes from the word scandalon, scandalon, which it meant the bait stick in a trap, all right, or a snare. And then it eventually meant the trap itself. So the verb scandalon means to trap, to trap. Oh, this is important. 
all right? Because we talk about being offended at people is a trap. Being offended at the word is a trap. You get offended at your answer. All right, notice what, what that word, that word affliction, pressing or trouble, persecution, to put to flight, to drive away. So the persecution, the trouble comes, the pressure comes to drive you away from the word. All right, to drive you away from the word. And so Jesus is pointing out that one of the main enemies of the word is a refusal to stay with the word. I need you to see this. The, the affliction, the trouble, the pressure, all right, could not just take the word. The person had to move away from the word. They had to get offended at the word. Now, here's the question. What would happen if the person wouldn't get offended at the word? The word would keep working. See, because the word always works. We know the word always works. Works every time. Because the word is just like God. It, it cannot change. It cannot lie. It cannot not work if I stay with it. So, and, and I'm going to deal with this in just a moment. So when the pressure comes, what do I do? I turn to the word. I don't allow the pressure. I don't allow the the, the, the trouble to cause me to look at the word and say it's not working and move away from it. Oh, hallelujah. See, you get, that person gets offended at their answer. And what happens? They're trapped. They're trapped. All right? The, one of the best ways I know to deal with this, to, to illustrate this, is just in, in the, 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 the illustration of fishing. It's one of the best ways. You know, we call it baiting a hook. Right? Any fisherman, we bait a hook. Whether it's with a, uh, a, an artificial worm, a lure, a, a real worm, a, a minnow, whatever it is. All right? We bait the hook. Now, why do we bait the hook? Because a fish is not just going to bite a hook, but it will bite bait, right? And, and the fisherman is just sitting there waiting to feel that nibble, and then what does he do? He sets the hook, is that right? Sets the hook and starts what? Reeling the fish in. Glory to God. Listen, the trouble the pressure, whatever it is, wherever it comes from. Now, I know ultimately uh, uh, the, the author of it is the enemy, but here's my point. That there are things that happen in life that are not necessarily demonically inspired. They're just life. I, you hear me? They're just life. And, and I've watched people over the years, they might deal with two or three of these things consecutively, and, and I've watched them start to question the word. In the middle of your pressure, don't ever question the word. Run to the word. Don't question it. Run to it. Don't fall into that trap. Well, I've been working the word. Why is this happening to me? I've been working the word. Why am I dealing with this? 
If you're working the Word, that's what you stand on. I am working the Word, therefore this trouble, this persecution, this pressure is temporary. The Word is working in my circumstance right now. You stay with the Word. You stay with the Word. Why? Because that pressure, that trouble, that feeling that you feel, oh, hallelujah, that's, that's the nibble. That's the nibble. Don't take it. Don't reach out and take it. Why? They'll set the hook. And once the hook is set, you're stuck. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? And so if I just don't, if I just don't allow it, amen, just stay with the word. Oh, hallelujah. Now, The Godspeed translation says that they give it up at once. They give up the word at once. So just like they immediately received it, when the pressure, the trouble came, they immediately gave it up. Remember I said you got to yield the word up. You got to yield it up. The, the pressure, the trouble, the circumstance... Could not just take the word. It had to be yielded. It had to be given up. Amen. So we see that the word could have been held on to. This person could have held on to the word. But it was given up. It was given up. See, amen. The word's always working because it's a living entity. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 says that the word is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living and it's powerful. It's living and it's powerful. It's a living entity. So that means I have to choose not to give up the word. I have to choose not to give it up. It's up to me. In uh, the book of Hebrews chapter 10, The writer of Hebrews talks about the word, and uh, this is so important. Verse 35, and he says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Notice. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. After you've done the will of God, don't cast away your confidence. You have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. The Moffat translation says, do not drop that confidence of yours. Oh, hallelujah. The 20th century New Testament says, do not therefore abandon that confidence that you have gained. Oh, hallelujah. Now, what I want you to see is I drop my confidence. I abandon my confidence. The word never stops working. I stop working the word. This is what's so important. Amen. Because I've had people say, well, I... I, I did that, and it didn't work. It's impossible. It's impossible. Amen. 
Because if you're working the Word, the Word's working. And if the Word's working, things are changing. I have to be patient. I have to be patient. I have to endure. I have to stand. Isn't it interesting how the Bible uses those words where the Word of God is concerned? They immediately received the Word with gladness, right? But afterward, afterward, when persecution or, or, uh, or uh, uh, tribulation or persecution for the Word's sake arose, immediately they were offended. They let it go. The Word was working. The, the Word is working for you right now. It's my job to hold on to it. What God promised you is working right now. That situation is changing. That circumstance is changing. Amen. It's going to be better. It's going to get better. The exceeding great and precious promises of God's will and God's word are going to come to pass in your life. But you have to make the decision that I am going to hold on to the word. I'm not going to be offended at the word. I'm not going to cast away my confidence. Hallelujah. And when it says cast away, it means to put away from yourself. So I have to do that. No one does that for me. I have to do that. Oh, glory. Amen. Then it goes on to say, you have need of patience. And one translation says, you still have need of patient endurance. Well, what does that mean? Remember what Mark 4 said? It said they endure for a while. They endure for a while. He said you have need of patient endurance. One of the keys to endurance is patience. Patience. Being patient. Hallelujah. You know, patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, patience, faith. All right? All, all of these things, long-suffering, patience. Long-suffering, patience are two different things. All right? Long-suffering is, is you're just, you're just long-suffering with people. You're like a long-burning candle wick. And, and, and you just, hey, you're long-suffering. Then there's patience. Patience is not just waiting. Patience is how you wait. It's how I wait. I can wait with full confidence in God and in His Word, or I can, I can, I can wait complainingly. I can wait and get offended. Patience is how you wait. He said, you have need of patience, patient endurance. And what's the result? of this patient endurance. The Amplified Bible says, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Don't cast away your confidence. Endure patiently and you will receive, carry away, and enjoy to the full what is promised. Hallelujah. So that, that, that is what the good ground did. We're not going to talk about the good ground tonight. But that's what the good ground did. They refused to drop their confidence in the Word. And they enjoyed to the full what was promised. Hallelujah. So I have to patiently allow the Word 
to produce the desired result in my life. Because it will do it. It will come to fruition. It will happen. I have to patiently allow the word to produce those results. Because when tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, don't fling away your confidence in God's word. The refusal to fling away God's word is the power of patience at work. I'm not going to throw it away. I'm going to stand. I'm going to be patient. And the Bible uses those phrases over and over again with us uh, uh, dealing with us about the word. Endure, stand, be patient. Having done all to stand, stand. Glory to God. In Psalm 94, this is our last scripture tonight. Psalm 94. The word says something to us that I just find lovely. Psalm 94, verse 12. Blessed is the man that you chasten, Lord, and teach him out of your law. So the man that's learning out of the the word. That you may give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. The Amplified Bible says that you may give him power to keep himself calm in the days of adversity. Patience is the power to hold yourself calm. And it's the result of being instructed in the word. All right? Patience will give you the ability to hold yourself calm. Because you're patient. The word's working. Going to be patient. When you keep acting on God's word, you're saying adversity, you don't count. You don't count. Yeah, you're there, but you don't count. God's word says you're defeated and under my feet. And that's the way it is. Glory to God. God's word is true regardless of what I see with my natural eyes. You don't count. What I see, don't count. What I feel, don't count. God's word has great and glorious reward, and I'm holding fast to the word, and I'm not going to fling it away. Not going to do it. See, here's the key. I'll wrap it up with this. Here's the key. Don't do it. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't fling it away. The, the, The answer is that simple. Don't you do it. Don't do it. Ever what you're facing, don't do it. Don't cast away your confidence. Hallelujah. Listen, I, I, I want to say this correctly because for years, Pastor Michelle and I have taught that, that you can't hold on to the answer and the question at the same time. All right? Here, here's, here's what I want to say, though. You know, Questions come to everybody, and God doesn't mind you asking him questions, all right? But when you begin to question the word, you're casting it away. Well, if the word was working, why am I still dealing with this? If the word was working, why do I have this? If the word was working, why? Understand what that is. That's pressure. That's that's pressure from that outside source. Amen. 
when you put a time frame on something, you're putting yourself under pressure needlessly. When, when you approach something, if God told you this will be done in six months, fine. But how long are you prepared to stand? If you're prepared to stand forever, you won't have to stand very long. Amen. Don't focus on the time. Don't focus on how long it has taken. Don't focus on nothing has changed uh, uh, very much in this time frame. Don't do that. Why? The Word is working regardless of what I see, regardless of whether it's moving very fast or not. The Word is working. And I'm not going to fling away my confidence. I'm not going to fling away my confidence. All right? They got offended at the Word. And because they got offended at the Word, they quit working the Word. And the moment you quit working the Word, the enemy has won. You got to keep working the Word. Folks, listen. It can be in any area. It can be in, in, in the... the, the <laughs> The regular areas that most people talk about, your finances, your, your, your health and your body, those are very important areas. But what I'm saying is it, it could be in those. We, we know that the, that's mainly what people deal with. But it, it, it comes down to who you are in Christ. It comes down to when you make a mistake and how you respond to it. If you have confidence in the Word and you miss the mark and you make a mistake, you admit it, you repent of it, you get forgiveness, and you move on because you're confident in the Word. If you lay there and bellyache and groan and moan and, oh, I've missed it and I might as well just give up, you don't have much confidence in the Word because He said, confess your sin and I'm faithful and just to forgive it and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If you have given then you don't say this, I have given, and why isn't anything happening? You're casting away the word. If you have given, it is going to be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, because God said it would. It would. And God's word is working, and you're holding fast to God's word. You're not going to be moved. You're not going to give it up. You're not going to yield it to the devil, because the word's working. Hallelujah. That's how you receive maximum results from the Word of God. Amen. Do, do you see that? Because remember, that pressure is to, intended to drive you away from the Word because the Word is the answer. That's when you cling tightly to the Word. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? And so when you employ patience, then your mindset is, it doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how long it will be. I'm holding on to the Word. Because listen, it's just a matter of time before you get the report you're looking for. It's just a matter of time before you see the victory that you want to see. Just a matter of time. You just got to be patient. What? Well, listen, what is patient? 
Patience, Bible patience is, is not just waiting. It's you are being patiently joyful, patiently glad, patiently peaceful. Now think about this. Now I'll close with this. Think about this. God has promised us in his word these exceeding great and precious promises. Now think about this. So if you look at the word of God, the Bible, the written word of God, as God speaking to you, and you know God cannot lie, you know God cannot change, all right, you know the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. Now think about it. So if God says, I've healed you, now think about this. Has he healed you? He has. What's your job? Patiently wait for the manifestation. Talk about how you have it. Talk about how it's yours. Why? Did God say it? What, what, what God has said is eternally forever true. So if God says, I'm the Lord that has healed you, then God sees you as healed. How do I have to see myself as God sees me? I see me as healed. Yeah, but I've been standing on that for three months, and, and it's got a little better, but uh, you know, I haven't made any large strides. Yeah, but it's got a little better. What, what do you have to do? Employ patience. Employ patience. You're going to be okay. It's all going to come to pass. Why? Because God said it would. God can't lie. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Well, say this with me tonight. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I choose to employ patience. I believe that your word is working in me right now. And, Father, I will not cast away my confidence. I will stand strong. I will stand unmoved. And I will see my great and glorious reward. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Tell your neighbor right there sitting beside you, say, I believe he's talking to you. I believe, you I, I believe that's right about you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God is so good to us. Amen.